0: Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and every episode we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo. And today we have the awesome Adam Platt. Adam, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, out, having me on the show, Andy. Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. You're doing such amazing stuff out there. Um, you know, when I saw the premise for your show, I, I just really love what your message is. I think it's really in line with what our listeners are looking for. So uh, why don't you tell our, our our listeners what you have exciting going on a little bit about you so we can know who we're talking to.
1: Yeah, very cool. Thanks for, for allowing me to, to come on and share a little bit about me. So uh, my wife and I have a, a company called Arise to Connect. We're both achievement coaches where we help people set and reach their goals. So uh, set goals, get clear on what you want, and then uh, we come up with a plan on how to help you get to where you want to go in your life. So, uh, And then we give you, of course, the tools, strategies, and things that you need as well as I, I also have my own show. Like you you mentioned that you were on my show and it was a very fun episode to have you on and and hear your story. And uh, it's called Unleash Your Greatness. So I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves, which is another reason why we are achievement coaches, my wife and I. So um, yeah, if, if anybody wants to go check out Unleash Your Greatness, you can find it on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify. So
0: all right. Yeah. And that's just the title right there alone is so motivating. And uh, having your guests kind of share what they've had to do to unleash it. It's 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 fun episodes to listen to and, and inspiring at the same time. So you. everybody check that out. Yeah. Thanks. So I put everybody in that awkward position. I got to know what's that awkward thing that you've had to get over, get past or own to get to where you are today.
1: Yeah. So God, there's so many, but uh, I would say that the main thing that I've had to overcome is just being a super shy kid. Uh, when I was young, I was a, um, a very deep introvert. I was very shy. And a lot of that came from the fact that when I was little I, in, in grade school, I had a learning disability. And so I, I was always thought of myself as the dumb kid in class Mm. and so because of the learning disability i had a hard time reading and writing and spelling and i had um, i remember in second grade my teacher would always give me easier spelling words for our spelling test because i I couldn't spell the normal words that everybody was spelling right like i'm different like this is weird I, i i'm like not as smart as everybody else and so, because of that, it really went into a shell. Uh, my teacher would be like, "Yeah, you know, at home I was normal. Like I'd, I'd run around and I'd play and I'd go outside and, and whatever." But uh, at school, I was just really shy. My teacher would tell my parents at parent-teacher conference how shy I was, and my mom was like, "Really? Here at home he's like crazy, running around all the time and and whatever." And uh, it just, I think it came from that self esteem of I was, I felt like I was stupid. I felt like I was the dumb kid. I didn't want to talk to other people because I'd feel like they would think that I was, you know, this really idiotic kid that didn't know how to talk, didn't know how to speak. And, and uh, that carried on for quite a while. I, I finally got into, uh, you know, junior high and things started to kind of click. I was still in what they called, a resource here in utah but most places call it like special ed, like just mm-hmm. a special class where you need special help with your homework and you had very small there's only like three or four of us in a class and we had teachers who would help us and and uh i remember being in that in seventh grade and then like eighth grade like things started clicking and finally uh the school did some tests, and they're like yeah he's he seems to be doing fine so they kind of kicked me out of uh, special ed or resource. And, uh, but by that time the damage was done, like, mm-hmm. I still felt like I was this dumb kid that, uh, just couldn't accomplish anything. And so in my mind, I always had this uh, vision of like, okay, I'm just going to uh, get through school and I'm going to get a job and I'm going to work really hard and work my way up in the company. And, and, uh, you know, cause that's, you know, Whatever 35 years ago, people could still do that, right? They could right. get a job and, and stay at it for, for 40, 50 years and work their way up in the company. But those things have changed now. And, and when I got into adulthood, and I did graduate from high school, and uh, when I got into adulthood, the, uh, you know, I decided that, uh, you know, again, things kind of were, were good. And then luckily I, I, I met a woman and she really, helped motivate me and tell me that, Hey, you're not stupid. You're smart. You can do things. And, uh, I, I, um, you know, it came to a point in my life in my career, I guess that, uh, my job was telling me I couldn't progress anymore without an education. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go to school anymore. Mm -hmm. Like scary. Uh, I was really nervous. Um, but we had a group of people kind of in my department that were all like, yeah, if we're going to make it and move up in the company, we all got to go back to school. So through some positive peer pressure, luckily, uh, they all decided to enroll into college classes. And they said, Adam, you could come, w- should come with us. And so I, I decided, like, you know, I, I guess I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm scared to death of school and being a stupid kid again, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I enrolled and I actually ended up doing very well, getting my, my degree, my undergrad in business management. I ended up graduating with like a 3.92 GPA or wow. something like that. And That's I worked, impressive. I worked my butt off. I, it was really hard. I worked very hard at it. And, and why those other people who I started with were kind of like, oh, I need a break. I'm going to take this next class off or uh, I'm going to take the summer off. I'm like, nope, I'm going to go. I'm just going to push through. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah, get stay
0: with the momentum. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. And I guess that was really a big turning point for me to get past that shy, awkward stage in my life because I'm all of a sudden like something clicked, like, you know what? I'm not stupid. I did really well in school. Most of my classes I, I got, you know, B plus to an A. Like I didn't ever get below a B plus in any of my classes. I think I only got like one of those or something. Like, it was, and uh, so it, it was a big boost for my, my self esteem. And there's, there's two reasons why I really wanted to get the degree. Number one, I wanted to to do it for me and my my family and to prove to myself that I could do it. And two, I wanted to, we had uh, two kids at the time. And by the time I graduated, we were actually pregnant with our third. But I wanted to prove to my daughters, my kids, we have five daughters now, by the way. Um, but I wanted to prove to my daughters that if I could do it, they could do it. Like. Mm-hmm they could do anything if they put their mind time focus energy into and so that was a big driver for me and so it it was a big uh turning point in my life when i finally was able to graduate and i did go on uh about four years later and decided to go get my master's degree which was another scary moment mm-hmm. in my life because i'm like oh master's like that's going to be so much harder and yeah. uh, time consuming and by that time we did have five daughters we had a we had the twins. We have our youngest, are twins are seven now, but uh, we had them. And so my wife was going to be basically a, an only uh, parent for right. you know, two years. <laughs> I went back to school. And so it took a big commitment for both of us, but I did graduate with my, my MBA. And and again, uh, so I guess, I guess the message is uh, stop putting those limiting beliefs on yourself. Like mm-hmm. don't, I, I was a shy kid and i Turned from the shy kid into thinking he was dumb, that he was broken, that he was stupid. And I turned that into a a time in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm not dumb. I'm not stupid. And I switched that around. And instead of limiting myself to what I thought I was when I was young, I changed that mindset to uh, I'm not the stupid kid. And I was able to accomplish amazing things. And, and every year it seems like there's, and being an achievement coach, that's a big part of my life is what, what can I achieve now? What can I do now? What goals can I set to go after? And I try not to, although I think everybody to a point still has some kind of little things that prevent them, but I try not to let those little things from my past of being shy and stupid and uh, all those negative things we tell ourselves all the time, stop me from going after the dreams and the goals that I want in life. So,
0: right. No, that's. That's an amazing journey, and there's several points in there that I I, I, I don't even know where to start with. Like, okay, w- but but when you when you look at being shy in grade school and middle school, the first thing that I noticed is that you seem to develop uh, two personalities that you took to the world because you had your personality at home, and then you you seem to have to form that defense when you went to school to protect yourself of staying shy. How did that feel when you do you? Did you notice a point where you noticed that that's something you were doing, or is it more reflective? Looking back, you can see it.
1: You know, I knew that I, even when I was in elementary school at a young age, I knew that I was shy and I knew that I was different. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, just because I, I didn't have many friends, I, it, there was always parents that were trying to, kind of push me, like my mom and their my other parents would kind of try to bring us together and have us become friends with right. other kids. And, and I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, why do I need that? <laughs> and so, so I knew that something was off and something was different. I guess looking back, I didn't necessarily feel like I was this. I mean, I, I knew I was different. I knew that I wasn't as smart as everybody else mm. uh, because of my disability and I, I would go and get tests and things like that. And so I knew that something was different there. Uh, but I, I guess looking back, I didn't really understand what it was about. Like, why was I so shy? And um, you know, I remember times being just super devastated when like something I would do something stupid, right? And 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 looking back, it was like so dumb. Like, you know, I'd accidentally let a, a loud fart out in class or something like that. <laughs> uh, like, oh my gosh, everybody's gonna make fun of me forever. My rest of my life, I'm destroyed, right? And right. like, you know. 30 seconds later nobody cared they were they laughed and then it was over and it didn't matter right Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah looking back I I guess I I worried so much about what other people thought that I let that affect me in such a profound deep level that I I just I went so introverted into my life so Mm -hmm.
0: well and it's it's hard because you know we're similar age to where, you know, we grew up in that generation where it was normal for parents to say things like, well, what will the neighbors think? Or don't do that. You're going to look like this. And, and so it it kind of ingrained that idea of, of accepting the peer pressure, even though the message was not to give in to peer pressure, the, the actions were always there about, you know, fitting in. Yeah. And one thing that uh, I, I hope we're getting better about as we move forward, but is that, get separating the idea that because you learn differently, that you're not as smart as everybody. Yeah. Because that's something I hear you say continually that, you know, you felt this way because you needed to learn in a different way than other people. And it doesn't mean you wouldn't be able to figure out the problems. Um, I had a son, I have a son, he he had learning disabilities and um, he just needed to learn other ways around it. And to see him as he got older, um, especially into the high school age and older to where he learned, how to control the tools that he needed; it stopped holding him back, and that, as a parent, was amazing to see. Yeah,
1: I love that, and I, I had a really good uh, discussion with a woman on my podcast just the other day talking about that very thing. And she's she's in education, so she's a, a math, a, an elementary math teacher consultant, and she's trying to change that whole culture of, you know, how do we learn in schools, and how do we Uh, address our kids so that we can help them be more successful instead of just putting them in this box right and i think that's why so many people especially young people have this awkward time in life is because society tries to put them in this box and a lot of it comes from school or their parents or you know what are the neighbors gonna think like you were saying Mm -hmm. and um so we try to box our kids in and it really is this hard thing for our kids to navigate through and so when they don't fit into that box, they're like, I'm different. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah there's, there's just that category. That's everything else. And, and now I'm the everything else category and I don't know how to cope with that, especially as a kid. Right. Yeah. 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 So there, there were a couple turning points you mentioned. One was when you kind of went, you know, end of middle school, when you kind of went back into the mainstream classroom. And then again, when you decided to go to college and then again, when you decided to go face your master's, were each of those, was it harder or easier or indifferent each time you refaced that situation of stepping into that school environment?
1: Yeah. Every time I did that, it was very, very difficult in my mind because, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I, when I was in special ed or resource, it, it was kind of this comfort thing, like one, it was a, and it wasn't like every class. So j- here in Utah, um, we call it junior high or middle school mm-hmm. those places. And it was seventh through ninth grade. And it was basically just one period out of the, the class that I would go and get this special help with my homework. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like all day thing. It right. Was, it was in most of my classes normally like everybody else. But that one class, it was like, I think there was four of us kids in that class. And it was just really nice. And we were all kind of awkward to be Mm -hmm. honest with you we all had something like you know some kind of a disability or something like that and it was just kind of nice because uh it's like we all kind of fit together i guess Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: and then when i got uh told that hey you don't need this anymore you're gonna be uh, moving out and you're gonna have to go you know take another normal class it was kind of scary and I, I really had to kind of prepare myself mentally for that being like okay well i guess that means i'm, I'm doing good but at the same time it was it, it definitely was a transition that i i i had to kind of mentally prepare for and then uh like you mentioned when i went and got my my undergrad and my my graduate degrees both of those times i was like i i, I kind of had this this thought in the in my mind that I needed to do it because it was, it was how I was going to provide for my family better because mm-hmm. we all know that today, like you can't just stay in a job for 40 years. Very few people stay at the same job for right. 40 years and then decide that they can just retire. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays you, you, I think most people change not just jobs, but careers like three times during their, their lifetime.
0: Yeah. At least anymore.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, if I'm ever going to make the money that I feel like will support my family with five kids, then I need to go get a degree. I need to do something different than what I'm doing." And at the time, and there's and here, here's another thing I want to put out is that education, higher education, is not for everybody. Um, that's not the only way that you can become right financially stable mm-hmm. or make more money. There's so many ways out there, podcasting, YouTubing, uh, coaching, uh, consulting, all kinds of things. Like go and learn a trade, go. There's so many ways to to do it. But at that time, I'm like, the only way I'm going to do this is if I go and get higher education. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the back of my mind, I always was kind of like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this um, because I was just so nervous about, was I going to be able to Pass my classes? Was I going to be able to right. keep the schoolwork? Because not only was I, you know, going to school, but I was also working a full time job. I was trying to raise a family and and you know support my wife and and raising our kids, and it was a lot to think about, a lot to take in. And so, um, it definitely was one of those scary moments in my life, both times. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah.
0: and the big fear I would imagine is that. You're taking on something and disrupting your family life, and if it's not successful, then you have that fear of did I do it for nothing and did I just set us back further versus moving us forward?
1: Yeah, and and it's funny that you bring that up because after I got done, I was like, okay, yes, everything's going to change. <laughs> like, I'm going to get this big raise and promotion and all this stuff, and my employer at the time basically just said, "Well, uh, good job." Uh huh.
0: Like. Right. Yeah.
1: there was nothing like, I mean, maybe I got a little like a, an extra percent raise that year or something like that. Like yeah,
0: it, it was, but it wasn't an instant for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, where it did help me is one, it did boost my, my confidence mm-hmm. and two, it did allow me to then get another job, uh, soon after that where sure. it did increase my income. And so it, it was a big boost in, in that regard, but usually that's what it takes, right? Like to, to really boost your income is, because an employer who gets, who tells you to get a degree and then they, uh, in order to move up and stuff, they don't appreciate the work that you went through most of the time. Another right. company usually is going to appreciate that much more than your current employer. Um, mm-hmm. they, they did pay for my degree, which was, was wonderful. And so I did have to put in at least two years after I got my degree with them. But then, uh, it, it just, yeah, it was a, a big boost in my self-esteem to to get that. So it wasn't a waste, mm-hmm. but it, it, it did, looking like at the time, I was like, oh, I did all this work. I got the degree like they told me I needed to and I got nothing from it,
0: right? Um, right, yeah, and I think from the outside looking in, a lot of times we look at people who are facing something like going to school with you where I think it's easy to say, Oh well, you did this, so why would you be hesitant to do the next level? You know, you did, you made it through high school, so why is college so scary? Um, you know, number one, it's it's scary to to bring more into the into the realm of what you're doing. Period. Whether it's school or a second job or anything, that that's disruptive. Um, but we forget how those fears and insecurities are already there. So even though you had a three point nine when you're graduating then to go on to your master's, it's like, well, you've conquered that. You should never have that be an issue. Right. But, but realistically, we all, we don't conquer things and then never face them again. They're still there. We're just a little bit better at, at facing them.
1: Right. And and that's a good point. And, and I I would love to just even discuss a little bit more with that with you, because you're, you're exactly right. Uh, I, I think anytime that you push yourself out of, your comfort zone. And, and so going back from my master's degree was pushing me out of my comfort zone. There's always going to be this awkward, like, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to juggle the job and the family and the, the school and all that stuff. And uh, when you decide to just take the leap though, and face that awkward or, you know, I'm using the word awkward because that's the, the point of the show, but it really is an awkward time. Like yeah. in, your, in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. And when you face that awkwardness and embrace it, then you you move forward in life and that's where growth happens.
0: Right. And now you've gotten into coaching. And so I imagine what what inspired you to start coaching people and get out of the day job and, and actually you know, help other people do the same thing.
1: Yeah. So, um, the, the main thing that really drove that decision was it was shortly after my, my twin, our twins were born. Um, me and my wife are just in a bad place in our life. Um, in our relationship, I, I, again, I was, I was in that same job that I felt like, um, they didn't appreciate all the work I did. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was in a bad place feeling like I was letting my family down. I wasn't supporting them with the income that I thought they needed to have what they wanted. And so I, I, I went into a really deep, again, not introverted, but just depression. I I really sunk to a a level of depression in my life to where it got so bad, where I got suicidal. I I got to, there was a, a moment in my life where I almost took my life and it was at that moment through an experience at that time that I realized that something needed to change in my life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that was at the time. I I really didn't understand what needed to change. I just knew something needed to change and that something needed to change within me. And, and at the time I was kind of blaming the world for my problems. Like it's my boss's fault. I'm not where I'm at or I'm not making an income or it's my, Uh, My parents fault for not raising me a certain way or, you know, all the things we, we blame on the world and the the things around us to not take responsibility for our own life. And it was when I decided to take that responsibility that uh, I knew something that I I should focus on my, my internal stuff and and get rid of all that, that Mm -hmm. negative crap. And uh, anyways, long story short, my, my mother for Christmas one year gave my wife and I tickets to a self-help seminar. I didn't really want to go. Um, they usually gave us money, but that year they gave us these <laughs> tickets. And I was kind of upset that they didn't give us money because I really wanted the money instead. Right. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, so my wife's like, well, we should go and, and just check it out. And uh, she was very supportive of it. And I was very um, begrudging to go, but I did go. And uh, I remember we were sitting in the very back of the, the event. It was in a big ballroom. There was probably a thousand people there, something like that. And we sat in the very back row on the right side. And I, I very distinctly remember that because I don't know if you, you know, people who go to events like that, there's only two types of people to sit in the very back. There's the people who want to network and then people who don't want to be there really. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I told my wife I wanted to sit. So that's where we sat. And, uh, it, the, the presenter got up and he, he started talking. I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, whatever. Uh, again, I was in a, a negative spot, but then he said something and I don't even remember exactly what it was, but he said something that just clicked. And I'm like, that's what I need in my life. That's what I need to really take me to that next level. And, after that, like I was all like all in. It was a three-day event, so we went to all three days. I did the breakout sessions with the people, sharing like all my my little golden takeaways, my golden nuggets, is what he called them, and all these these things. And my, my mind just blew up. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I should be doing differently. And mm-hmm. um, and at, we came home from that, and my wife and I started working on ourselves. We started working. We started setting goals, and we started working on our internal stuff. And we just had a huge impact on our life and our relationship and our kids started noticing things too. And once they are like, man, something's different with mom and dad, like they're, they're not fighting as much. They're, they're happy. And, uh, they started asking questions like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? Especially the older two, they're like, man, this is like, not like you guys. And, uh, they started doing things too, as we would talk to them, so, and tell them why we we're doing this certain things. And, and so we just saw this huge impact on their life and in our life. And we decided like, you know what, we need to share this stuff with other people. And that's really why we got into it is like, uh, we want to share the things we've learned and what have helped us so much in our life and our relationship and, and just changing our lifestyle Mm -hmm. that we want to share that with other people. And a lot of it comes down to goal setting and just being excited about the the life you want to create. Because goal setting really is just a, uh, it's just a form of a new lifestyle. That's what goal setting does. Any goal you put out there is simply, it's a shift in your lifestyle. Whether it's you want more money, you want a better relationship, you want to go on more trips, you want whatever it is. You want to be healthier, you want to have more energy. It's a shift in lifestyle. And so, understanding what that lifestyle looks like and then setting goals to get there is key, I believe, in people's success and their happiness and their joy and just being fulfilled and having better relationships with their loved ones. So,
0: yeah, I know when I was um, going through some stuff and I was seeing a therapist, and one of the questions that he asked is what I had on the calendar that I looked forward to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anything, like, I couldn't name something that wasn't work related or, you know, oh, I have this thing coming up. And it was really telling that I wasn't working on creating that life that was happy. And, and, I, and my wife and I together weren't, you know, on the same page to be able to come up with something where we're like, hey, we've got this family vacation in, in March, we're going to put on the calendar or this summer camping trip, whatever. And we would do those things, but we wouldn't always plan them out really well. And we wouldn't always keep something out there. And that moment really was the kind of that, you know, aha moment for me where It was like, oh, I'm not designing my life the way I need to. Um, One of the things that I think is interesting how you were talking about being in such a dark place and then going to this event and just knowing that things needed to change. I know for myself, I've been in the position where I kept making changes to try to make life better. But the mistake I was making was I wasn't making a big enough change. Mm. It's like you rearrange the furniture in your house, but you're still living in the wrong neighborhood or You know, you're doing different activities with your friends, but you're still with the wrong group of people, or whatever that is. Uh, For me, it was a lot of, you know, career type stuff where it was like I kept thinking I was moving forward, but I just wasn't making a big enough shift. And until I, you know, faced something really scary and actually said, I'm going to change everything in my life, that's when I really saw um, really positive changes. And so I guess I would. I guess my question for you is, was that something where you realized you needed to make bigger changes than you were making or, um, or was it small changes along the way that, that led up to a big change?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a really good mm-hmm. question and great insight to have. And so I think there's two things that really affect change. And number one is there's either something external that causes a change. So something happens, happens external, and then there's something internal. That comes within that causes change mm-hmm. and at the time it was the seminar was the external thing that caused the change and and so you're kind of relating that to environment right like the people you hang out with the place you live the yeah. job you have that's your environment uh i think that you kind of need both to have real true successful change so um I need to work on the internal stuff. Something needs from from within needs to come out and change, so that you can then look at your environment and say, okay, what is not serving me in my environment? Is it the people I'm hanging out with? Is it the job I'm at? Is it the people I work with? Is it the, the neighborhood I live in? Uh, all these things that people, you, you know you you have to you have to be aware, I guess of the internal stuff before you can see the external stuff that is also affecting you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, it started internally and then from there it, it, it went out externally. So there's, there's friends that we stopped hanging out with because we felt like they, not that we, we totally blew them off, mm-hmm. um, but that we just didn't really hang out with them anymore. They weren't in the space that we wanted to be in. Sure. Um. And, and we we try to do things to the house to, to make it better and improve that because, uh, you know, your environment does have a huge impact. We tried to, you know, unclutter stuff and, and clean stuff up and rearrange furniture like you were saying and, and things like that. Um, but I guess, in my opinion, the bigger factor that really matters is, is focusing on that internal change. Mm-hmm. Because the, the external will all happen if you work on – the internal My One of the catchphrases in our company, my wife's in my company is be better, do better. And what that means is as you work, you, you be better on the inside, you work on yourself, then you do better in the world around you. You go out and you, and you can have a bigger impact on uh, the world, like your kids, your coworkers, your, your things like that. And sometimes it's just a toxic place you need to get away from, right? Mm-hmm. In your case, sure, I know right. you had a job that you just it it was toxic. It was something that you just um, wanted to get away from. And sometimes you just have to step away and be like, that's not serving me. I need to get away from that place. Um, Maybe it's a relationship with uh, someone that you're close to. Maybe it's a, I would never tell anybody um, to leave their spouse or whatever. I would say, you know, try to do your best to work that out. But sometimes it's a spouse, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes that's just not serving you uh, if, especially if it's abusive or, or something of that nature. Right.
0: Right. And, and you can, like, like you said, you have to do what you can to work things out and get people on the same page. But there is a point where you do have to come to terms with that. It's like, okay, you know, I know for myself, it was, my life's going to be like this the rest of my life unless I change things. Right. And so, um, and you,
1: you made a huge change in your, your life right. and in your environment. Like you, you know, you, you and your wife separated and, um, and I, I don't know, I, maybe I don't want to share too no, much. It's good. No, it's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> I, I would assume that people who listen to the show know, your yeah, they,
0: they know my story.
1: Um, you know, you, you so. came out as a gay, gay man and, and that's a huge shift in your, your lifestyle. And, uh, you know, that, that relationship with you and your, between you and your wife just wasn't serving you anymore.
0: So, yeah. And it, it was one of those things, at least for myself. And I've, talked about this in different times i can't remember if we got into it on your show but it's like you make these changes and kind of like when you finished getting your degree you're like okay i'm there yeah. life should be great now and then it it isn't instantly great or there's messes to clean up or there's ramifications from the changes that you made that you then need to deal with and so it's hard not to regret going through the change because the instant reaction is i shouldn't have made this change i shouldn't have done something and yet it's just a matter of needing to work through the process to get to the better place Right,
1: and and you're so right. When when I talk to people about where they're at in their life, I kind of classify people in three different stages, three different um, mind processes, I guess, if you will. I call it mindset, but um, some people you know don't fully understand what that means. But um, basically, there's there's three categories of people, and the first one is victim mindset. People who are like I was at that certain points in my life where I was blaming everybody for where I was and, and you're, you just, you have this victim mindset of uh, it's everybody else's fault. I'm, I'm not to blame. And then uh, you also have um, the next phase where the next person is a survivor mindset. And what that is, is they, they basically just are, they just get up, and they do their thing and and that's all there is like mm-hmm. you're kind of stuck in this routine stuck in the rut if you will um they're the the eors of the world right you ask them <laughs> how they're doing they're like i'm okay right. i'm here just uh, another
0: day at the office yeah exactly
1: <laughs> um and then uh the last one is what i call hero mindset and that's exactly what you were describing is uh even though you you know that you've made these changes and stuff like that and you're doing better uh, you, you have this outlook of, because uh, the thing about a hero is they're not perfect, right? Oftentimes mm-hmm. we put them on a pedestal, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. If you look at heroes, uh, you know, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, they have their thing that they're struggling with still. right? And we all have that. We're always going to have something that we're struggling with in life. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Our life is not going to be this, this blissful, beautiful, amazing thing. But that doesn't mean that we can't still have the hero mindset of, you know, I'm still going to get up. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to fight the battles that I need to fight. I'm going to uh, do what it takes to move forward in my life, just like a hero does in their journey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Skywalker gets his arm cut off. He still goes and faces Darth Vader again in the next movie, right? He, right. Uh, you, you know, you, you might get kicked down. You might have a hard situation but you get back up and you keep fighting and you know, so I love having that, that mental vision, I guess of heroes have their faults and we all do, Mm -hmm. but we still can push through them and we can look to the future because that's what the heroes really do is they look to the future and say, I'm going to do my part today to make the future better, my life better people's around me, life's better. And uh, if we go into life with that kind of mentality, uh, it's just so much better. And you just know that it's not going to be perfect. You're still going to have hard things you have to deal with, but you can push through it and, and keep going forward. So
0: yeah, definitely. Well, I, Adam, I so appreciate you being on here today. I've got one last question for you before we go. And that is, uh, what advice would you leave our listeners for on how they can own their awkward?
1: You know, the best advice I always like to give, especially for someone who just feels like they are in this awkward phase in their life is just keep going, never give up, Uh, just embrace that awkward and and just know that in my situation, I cared too much about what other people thought of me. That's why I was so awkward and shy is because I was worried what other people thought. And just stop caring what other people think. That doesn't mean that you can't want to be liked. We all want to be liked. We all want to be validated. We all want to be loved and accepted. But uh, I love the saying I heard a while ago that says other people's opinion is none of your business. Mm -hmm. If we just go into life with that thought of what other people think, like I shouldn't care. Um, Mm -hmm. The people that do resonate with you, with you're awkward, they're going to love you regardless and it doesn't matter. So stop caring what other people think, own the awkward, lean into it and just live life fully and and love yourself. So
0: that's beautiful. I love that. And you hit it right on the head. It's just, you just got to keep pushing through. And so, well, Adam, thank you so much. Everybody listening, make sure that you follow Adam. Listen to his podcast, Unleash Your Greatness, find a rise to connect and uh, give them some support. He's got great uh, things that he's doing in the world and we love your message. I love what you're doing. Um, I think that everyone can benefit from uh, hearing more from you. So thank you very much, Adam.
1: Thank you so much, Andy, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. And everybody remember to tune in, like, follow, share and subscribe. And of course, as always, own your awkward. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it.